Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Michael Wilder. Again, I'm going to be kind of quiet because I've noticed some activity. Um, so if I happen to leave to go check some things out to make sure security is correct, I, I will disappear and come back again. But, but I think we're okay now. Alicia's just doing, wow, what a wonderful story. Again, if you haven't seen number one and number two, go back to those. You can watch this one first and then go back and pick up one and two or come back to one and two and do this one. Whatever. But anyway, is, Lynn will take it from this here. This is part three with Alicia Wilder. Alicia is our special daughter-in-law. She is Micah Wilder's wife, and she's telling her story to Jesus. Very interesting that God was doing something in Micah's heart on one side of the United States while he was doing something else in Alicia's heart back in Utah. Alicia had had just told us how she was reading the Bible and she came to the book of John in particular and was blown away by who God was and began to read a few things that seemed a little contrary to the faith that she had been raised in. She was raised LDS, but that she had this tremendous hunger for this God of the Bible. Leash, welcome back. Thanks. Glad to be here. Pick it up for us. What's going on with you? You're at BYU. <laughs> I know. I'm at BYU and I'm living at home and I'm undercover reading the Bible and trying to decide what I believe about this God who seems so much bigger than everything I've been taught. So that's putting me in a predicament in a place where I kind of felt isolated or alone, but I didn't feel alone. I felt comforted by the Holy Spirit or by God. And I felt alive when I read the word and I felt like it was feeding me words of eternal life, like it says, <laughs> you know, just feeding me sustenance and satisfaction and peace and joy. Um, like I'd never before experienced and that was exciting. Yeah. Alicia, when, when this all started happening, okay, and uh, I just remember earlier you talked about when you were reading the Book of Mormon and you were trying to get this burning in your bosom once you finished the Book of Mormon. It just wasn't there. But now you've started reading the Bible and now you're especially in John. Uh, tell us the effect that the words of John, especially chapter one going on through, was having, I mean, what kind of effect was that having upon you? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I certainly had recognized the juxtaposition there of that previous experience that would actually, this, this experience of reading the New Testament actually brought that back to my mind in remembrance that like, wow, when I was trying and searching and wanting to seek truth and wanting a revelation that the Book of Mormon was powerful or God's word, God allowed me to feel nothing. And yet in this moment when, or this time frame that it's been about six months at this point, reading and searching through the, through the New Testament, 
everything that I'm reading is alive. It's exciting. It's it's coming from a place of truth resonating in my soul. And um, I understand now God says that he'll write the law in our hearts and that it'll be something that draws us to him and he will work and draw us to him. And that's how I felt. It It was not some grandiose revelation or grandiose zapping or burning of the bosom that was some spiritual emotional sign, but it was just this constant reassuring hunger for something that was truth. And I could recognize that it was truth um, because it came from the truth source of God, right? So that was that was just an amazing reassurance in my life. And this whole time frame, I became like consumed by wanting to know more truth, wanting to understand the truth, wanting to dive in every day to reading his word. It became, like I said, just alive. And that was very different from trying really hard to read with all the zeal I could muster the Book of Mormon and just coming up feeling empty-handed. So, All right. So where does this go next? You and Micah are sharing through letters. You're both discovering things in the Bible. Was there a point where you realized that you might have to make a decision? Um, that was still probably about six months down the road. So this discovering the word took me a little over a year. But in like this next kind of phase, God allowed my brokenness. He drew him me to himself and then showed me his love and his grace and that he was God revealed in flesh through Jesus Christ. And that that's an, like an amazing love or an example of love that I never recognized as being like an unconditional giving of himself to us. And then at this point, I was brought through um, this next phase learning about my sin nature, even though I was kind of shown sin nature at the beginning, but kind of learning about the sin nature of all of us and the law and how that kind of related to my heart through Mormonism, being taught all these restrictions and rules and legalism uh, mindset, to then learning how Christ became the fulfillment of everything. So I would say that it took me another six months to really get through all that, to really like let it sink in and make sense. But he started with um, still in John, <laughs> just the John 3.16. Like everybody in Mormonism has read and memorized John 3.16, right? But John 3.16, um, 17 and 18. <laughs> Have we, or has any of us read 17 and 18? And as I read that, it says, for... God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So I was starting to be shown this need for like, condemnation is already here. Condemnation already exists. I didn't, um, I wasn't born a spiritual, loving, wonderful being of God's children. And I just happened to sin along the way through my path. It's like, we're already all condemned. And the only thing that can really save us out of that is believing in his name. And so I started seeing the simplicity of the gospel and not fully grasping the entirety of the good news quite yet, but it started there. Um, and then later on in John, it's talking about um, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The, sin. the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. And I recognize Christ as the son. And then if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so I'm seeing this connection between freedom that Christ can offer and the sin nature that I already am in and stuck in and exist with. Um, and so those things really started to draw me and... I just kept reading and I think I got into Romans and Romans is a great depiction of the entirety of the gospel being that we start out with understanding that we're all condemned by sin and that we can have justification by faith through Christ and Christ alone. Um, so there's just so many scriptures that started pointing me to that truth and this is probably nearing like nine, 10 months of my walk with scripture and God showing me his truth. And that was just an exciting time, but I'm like, again, at BYU. And then I met Matt, your other son, and was having um, conversations and like trying to like vet some of the things that I was learning with other people. And I think I even brought some of this to your attention at one point. It was like, had a lunch conversation trying to like, wow, like I feel like God's showing me that Christ is sufficient in some manner. And that by believing in him, that's it. Like we're just saved. And um, these revelations were coming. And I remember a conversation where, uh, it was just funny with you and you're like, well, let me, let me think about that for a minute or play the, the other side of the coin here. And, and, um, I wasn't, I wasn't, you weren't getting it for no. sure. <laughs> but, no, but yeah, I mean, it took me a long time. I had gone through the word for, you know, six months or so at this point, but it had started just becoming enjoyable and, flowing freely and everything was being led through the Holy Spirit, I feel like, by just resonating in my soul and making sense and aligning scripture with itself and confirming itself on one another with different scriptures and nothing in there 
seem to contradict or leave holes or, you know, miss parts that couldn't answer the questions I had. And in so yeah. that's a, that was obvious to other people because when you find that piece of Christ, right, you I wouldn't say there's a boldness, but there's a surety because you have that piece. And that was clear in you, I would say, even at that point in your journey. And, and it draws people to you because you're full of light. You're full of excitement. You know, it's something you understand and it's something you want to share. Um, well, we've always loved you, but we're glad that we finally got to understand what you were trying to tell me. Yeah, yeah. later down the road, I hope you'll tell about the letter that you wrote to your parents at some point. Yeah, well, I'm not quite bold enough at that point. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of started this, you know, this is my third semester of BYU's going in and I'm kind of starting it a little more not zealous for school, but zealous for God again. And mm -hmm. like whatever I'm doing is what I'm doing, but I'm excited about the Lord and I'm at peace with the way things are going and I'm excited to keep learning and um yeah, I mean, I'm being walked through Romans where all have fallen sin and fall short of the glory of God. So I'm wrestling with that. And then that no one uh, who works for their wages, it's counted as a due, you know, like there's something to be earned if you actually work for something. And then it says that we are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption. So I'm having to wrestle with these things and sort them out and come to terms with them. Um, but then continuing in my search through Romans, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, mm -hmm. still sinners, like I was still a sinner back then. And, and now God's showing me what his truth is regarding my situation. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, for while we were enemies, we were being reconciled to God by the death of his son. And that was just so exciting to me that like, wow, like I recognize like all that sin weight that I kind of still wasn't sure what to do with. I was starting to be able to like, hand it over to Christ, you know, mm, yes. and yeah, and it was freeing for sure. You know, it's, it's amazing to hear this because, you know, this time, you know, here I am a high priest. I'm supposed to be knowing all these things. And here you are as a child, a true child of God coming into Christ. And my mind is still thinking all about Mormon doctrine, you know, like uh, the, the articles of, of faith, you know, um, all mankind may be saved by obedience through the laws and ordinances of the gospel. That is not the gospel, okay? That is not what's taught in John, and that's not what you have been, you know, telling your testimony here about who God is. 
uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, reading the Book of Mormon, you know, going back to, you know, Second Nephi, it says, you know, we are saved by grace after, after all we can do, which means that's impossible. <laughs> what can we do? You know, what can we do to add to the foot of the cross? And you figure this out already. You know, Lynn was way ahead of me and I'm still marching along, um, being a high priest and everything else. Still, I just love the heck out of you, but I'm sure, you know, I haven't really thought about this. I probably thought you were probably a little bit weird in your thinking, but that's okay. You're young, you're in college, you're confused and you'll pull all this stuff together eventually. Um, but I remember, yeah, I think you were trying to be so gentle when you would come to our house to talk to us about who Jesus really is. And we probably listened for a while then I'd probably take off into Mormonism again because I was still locked into that. And actually as a Mormon, I was probably as much of a gracer as you, as you would ever find in Mormonism, but was still far, far removed because I never really at that point truly understood the words of Christ, especially the words of Christ in, in John, you know, and, and just the fact of what, what you were saying earlier about when you started reading John and, you know, John, you know, one, one, you know, and it says, and the word was God, you know, Jesus was God. He wasn't working his way to become a God that he was God. And that verse you mentioned earlier, he, and, and the word became flesh. God became flesh. You know, we really didn't understand that as a, as a Mormon and dwelt among us. And then they, John goes ahead and states, and we beheld his glory. I mean, that's that's an amazing thing. And then it goes on in John chapter one. I think you mentioned this about, you know, that Moses brought us the law, but Jesus brought us grace and truth. A switching from the law to recognize all of our weaknesses, how we just can't do it. And here you're figuring all this out as this young you know, 20 year old person, 19 year old person at BYU, at BYU, studying on your own, sending a few emails to Micah and reading a word, and God is beginning to wash you with the word. And you have received this amazing understanding. So as you're going through this and you're figuring this out, what, what do you see, you know, in your relationship, you know, of Micah was, were you and Micah basically on the same um, treadmill this time thinking together? Was he slightly different? Were you slightly different? Uh, or was the word of God just bringing you both closer to understanding who God is? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we had been emailing back and forth. So it was like a once a week kind of catch up here and there. But um I think for sure God was drawing us both to himself in our own way of what was resonating in our, in ourselves. <laughs> um, and as I would share things that would become exciting and truth and relevant that he would respond and confirm and um, share something exciting with me. So I can't say a hundred percent like that. I know exactly where we both were at the exact moment in our discovery of truth, but I do feel like God allowed both of us to individually come to know him 
before allowing and bringing us back together, which I felt like was a huge testament to the nature of God and that he wants a personal relationship with the individual and that he drew me alone in the ways that I needed to be drawn and showed me his word in the ways that I needed to be shown and enlightened my mind with the truth to where it satisfied the desires I needed for truth and to come to know who was my Lord, not Micah's Lord, (laughs) you know, like that wouldn't have helped anybody if I came to know who Micah believed in, because then I just believe what Micah says. And that's not at all what I feel like happened. I feel like God did an amazing thing in us separately, but allowed us to have a communication that was simply an ability to encourage one another in the truth that we were finding. And giving us that separate reassurance of who he is and that separate um, call and desire for him alone in each of our lives. And like you said, the law was holding us both at one point and we're just slowly coming to new. And part of what I got into next was Romans. We are being released from the law having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And so trying to figure out what that means to live in a new way. And then I read in in one of the gospels that Jesus says that you should obey the commandments, but his commandments are greater now and they fulfill all the other commandments by loving God and loving one another. And so it was exciting for me to get to the point where like I could just be excited to love Micah in the future, but not feel like that was the end all be all result of all of my learning. It's like I was excited to love God and I was excited that God loved me and that's what drew my desire, my excitement, but it ultimately confirmed in my spirit that it would be amazing to live a life with someone who was that devoted to relationship with God as well. And that's what Micah had shown me in his letters and his emails, that he was being drawn to understand Christ and being drawn to know who he was and being drawn to recognize the saving power in Christ alone. And it wasn't until near the very end of his mission, I think in like December, um, we had kind of made future plans (laughs) in hopes that like this would be an amazing journey for our lives to have developed a relationship in high school and then been separated and God take each of our hearts and do something with it and bring us back together. So we kind of had planned on getting married um, when he got home from his mission at that point and figure out what was happening next. But (laughs) then all of a sudden, like the realization of our decision had come to fruition and that okay, all the stuff that we're learning now is completely 
antithetical to the Mormon doctrine and gospel that we were raised in. Mm. And we started seeing that like right near the end. Like now what do we do? <laughs> so that was a exciting new chapter for us to figure out. Okay, girl, are we going to need a part four or are we going to get there in the next two minutes? Uh, I guess <laughs> I, I think part four. Be, yeah, I think a part four would be wonderful. So, well, so, so for so. a couple of minutes, let's camp on this idea of fulfillment because that was also huge for me, Alicia realizing that the Old Testament temple was all about Jesus. And once Jesus came, there was no more need for that, right? Mm -hmm. All these laws and ordinances all pointed to Christ. And then once Christ came, he spoke for himself. He no longer needed prophets to speak for him. This idea of nailing it to the cross and fulfilling all these things, they all pointed to Christ. They weren't about legalism. Right. And I think as I got further into the New Testament and hit Hebrews, that one really resonated with everything that I had been taught and raised in with Mormonism, how it ties and binds the old law with the new way Christ and kind of muddies the waters and makes it very confusing to discern as a believer who doesn't know the word of God. Um, for sure, reading the uh, sufficiency of Christ and the sonship of Christ in Hebrews brought all those things to fruition. So yeah, I, I realized and understood near like that December Christmas time that Christ was my prophet. Wow, <laughs> I didn't really need to go to somebody else and go to the next person and go to the next person, climb the hierarchy to repent of my sins. I could go to Christ as my intermediary. I could go to him as my prophet. I could go to him to speak truth in my heart. I could go to him because he is my high priest and made that sacrifice on the cross on my behalf to cleanse me of those sins in front of God so that I no longer stood in front of him condemned, hmm. but I stood in front of him with the cloak of Christ um, covering and accepting me as if I was in Christ and if I was clean and if I was um, Christ's blameless and perfect sacrifice because Christ offered me that shield, that covering, that barrier. Um, Amen. Wrath of God. And that's an amazing gift of grace. Amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. Until next time. Thank you, sweet girl. We love you. God bless. Thanks. <laughs>